Today on Locked On Red Wings, what to make of Iserman's comments in Grand Rapids, and does Sanderson's extension impact the Red Wings? Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a podcast producer for the Daily J-A-W-W-J News Radio podcast. While Scotty's host over at Locked On Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. They are official sportsbook of Locked On. Have Scotty. you seen one of their offers? They have with football season. It's in one of the reads. I'm sure we'll talk about it at some point. But like they have a thing where if you like sign up for FanDuel and like five dollars, you get like a hundred something dollars off of NFL Sunday ticket on YouTube TV. Oh, uh, like, wow. That's actually. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, at, like that's a like, again, it's in it's in one of the reads. If we have that today, I don't know. But like there i mean that's that's it's a pretty that's a pretty pretty crazy cool uh cool offer there so yeah absolutely um scotty happy debut of the nfl season although by the time people hear this everyone's gonna know nervous dude i'm so (laughs) so full disclosure we're recording this at 4 p.m thursday afternoon so uh, about four hours little more than four hours before game time and i am absolutely terrified i had to like go like walk off my anxiety already today i'm gonna have to do it again i'm sure like i'm i'm so terrified so by the good way it's good. Like we're never terrified because we just expect to suck always. So like it's nice, but I am terrified. By the end of today, we'll know if it is either so over or so back. For the Detroit Lions. <laughs> Absolutely. And if we bounce back and win in week two, it will be back regardless of what happened today. <laughs> so it's okay. Uh, so on today's episode, guys, Steve Eiserman held about a 17 minute. I wouldn't say press conference. He was just in. Uh, Grand Rapids with media the, availability is the media, term. Thank you. Media availability with the West Michigan Sports Commission. And uh, journalists asked him questions and he answered them. And I, I'm not going to lie, he didn't say anything like groundbreaking. At this point, he kind of knows the routine, he knows what kind of questions he's going to be asked, and he knows how to answer them. That being said, we still had a couple things that um, I or I had, still had a couple things I wrote down and we're going to talk about kind of just riff about what we thought about what he said. And um, also Jake Sanderson of the Ottawa senators signed an eight by eight year deal with the senators. And uh, you know, we've talked several times as young players sign new contracts about how that could impact a potential sign contract for Moritz cider and Lucas Raymond. And so we're, we're going to talk about that again. And then if there's any time left, we'll just finish out the week with a, how do you feel about it Friday? Um, before rolling into uh, a weekend. So, Scotty, without further ado, uh, yeah, Eiserman spoke at a media availability with the West Michigan Sports Commission. And the first thing that stood out to me was when they were asked, he was asked if this year is, and I'm paraphrasing here, I don't have the direct quotes in front of me, but basically, is this year like a playoffs or bust? And he pointed out that no year is playoffs or bust. He's not trying to build a team for the playoffs. He's trying to build a team to win championships. And, you know, 
that's exactly in line with everything he has ever said. Very on and brand. so it's not very on brand. It's nothing groundbreaking, but he's right when he says that. I mean, and, and we're sitting here, we, as fans, we would just be happy with making the playoffs right now, but Iserman can't be right. Like his job as general manager is for the Red Wings to win Stanley cup. So he can't be happy with just winning Stanley Cups. or I mean, just making the playoffs. He has to win Stanley Cups. Sorry, correct myself there. He has to win Stanley Cups. The Cup. bar better be higher than raising Stanley Cups. <laughs> he's got to win right? a Super Bowl too, man. Like, he's got he's got to cross champion. Detroit Red Wings playing in the Super Bowl or else this is a failure. <laughs> and, and so, like, hearing him say that, it's like, okay, that again, it's just bog standard stuff. But while we as fans are like, we'll, we'd set up for, settle for playoffs this year. It's nice to, I guess, hear that the biggest takeaway is just like he he's in line and being consistent with everything he's ever said. Yeah, for sure. And and I think that that is a reassuring thing to hear and a and for some fans a frustrating thing at the same time. Like there are um that's that's important and that's like, you know, to lay the groundwork and the foundation to building like a healthy, sustainable product. Like that's kind of the like any I shouldn't say any like the coyotes exist, but like almost any team could just like completely empty the tank on assets and go all in for one year and make the playoffs. Right. Like there's, there's probably 28 teams in in the NHL that could just, you know what, forget it. We're going to, we're going to go all the way up to the limit in cap. We're going to trade all of our picks to the future and, and we're going to just get a a bunch of players together and, and have the talent to try to, you know, go to the playoffs this one season, but building a sustainable product is, is takes a lot more time and is a lot more difficult. And uh, so I think that it's not like a groundbreaking thing. Like you said, it's very much in line and on brand for what he's done his entire tenure and what he's said his entire tenure here. But um, it it is, it, it is interesting to think of like, Oh, if the wings, if the wings made the playoffs and got bounced in the first round, would Eiserman really feel no differently than if the Wings got 88 points and missed the playoffs? Like, would that would he view that as like the same? You know what I mean? I mean? Like, it's would... it, uh, that's kind of the the how my brain like thinks about that yeah. stuff. But at the end of the day, it's it's GM speak as well. So yeah, I mean, I, I think the way he views it is is the team t- making the team would have gotten better, and that's something he talked about as right. well. You know, they asked him about the offseason and he goes, you know, he thinks the team took a step forward and it damn well better have considering as much money as he spent right. in the offseason. And that that was his goal, right? He wanted to make the team more competitive, make the team better uh, because they're clearly not going to get any more help in the draft. Um, they never got any help in the draft. So, you know, <laughs> he's trying to do this in a, in a more roundabout way. So yeah, he thinks the team took a step forward this offseason. I think most people would agree. Um, the one big problem, and this is me speaking, not Eiserman speaking. One big problem with that is that the Atlantic division sucks and sucks in the way that it's very, very good. <laughs> I just hate this division so much. I mean, with the, the rise of the senators and the Sabres alongside the Red Wings and the fact that, you know, Boston, Florida, Toronto, and Tampa are all going to be in the mix, very much right. the same, you know, the team took a step forward, but man, it's, oh, is it going to be enough? But that's, that's. That's a conversation we're going to be having all the right. way up until the season's actually. We're probably happening. looking way too much into one quote in September. <laughs> oh no, and I mean hey, this is also September talk, right? Yeah. Like this is the dead of the off season, right before things start ramping up. So we're talking about comments he made at a 
uh, media availability that he's basically said before. Um, he did say, and this is, I think there's a little bit to this. And again, GM speak, don't trust anything that ever comes out of Eisman's mouth. Um, he's a liar. He's a liar in the best of ways. We mean that with love. It's an endearing thing. You want that out of your GM. You don't want him to show his cards, but he's a liar. Uh, he said that he doesn't foresee the Red Wings making any more signings this off season, unless it's like a PTO. Um, that's the only way he see them signing anybody at this juncture. So to all our Patrick Kane stands out there. Sorry, probably not going to happen. Wasn't going to happen regardless, unless it was like after he got healthy around like New Year's trade deadline, whenever yeah, he I gets still back. Think, and yeah, we don't need to go down that rabbit hole again, but I, I still think that timing of everything makes it like a lot more difficult than just like, oh yeah, let's add a guy who's going to get 50 for us this year. Like Bro, that, the timing just doesn't really make sense for the Wings. I am still seeing posts on Facebook where it's like Patrick Kane has... Uh, has dictated his new team where Patrick Kane wants to reunite with this team uh, or this player. Patrick Kane wants to go to this surprise. And I'm like, I'm like, Oh my God, I make it stop. And like, I don't even interact with the posts. Not going. So to. like, why is the algorithm still feeding me it? <laughs> Be- like I make a point to ignore it. <laughs> Move on. I mean, you're using, you're using Facebook, man. I don't know. That is my own fault. <laughs> that is my own fault. Um, Facebook is just, it's a nonstop role of suggested posts it's not even like your timeline anymore like people you're friends with you don't even see posts from them it's just this is suggested this is suggested i'm just like this is stupid is what it is brian reposting memes that's what facebook is that is primarily what i use facebook for (laughs) i I will admit reposting memes is like the the best usage of that app um (laughs) anyways my it's my bosses love it I'm not gonna lie. I <laughs> well, have my, my bosses routinely comment on them, or like, will like I get in the office, and be like, that meme you shared yesterday was so funny. So I'm like, all right, cool, cool, cool. Well, you know, I, I, I don't share the I don't share the 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 dicey ones anymore. You know, <laughs> it's probably smart. I, I keep the I keep it I keep it PG. <laughs> uh, all right, Scotty. Uh, let's take a quick break after that, and I just not hit to, I hit the mic arm just now, so I hope that didn't get heard. Um, when we come back, we'll wrap up any remaining thoughts. Uh, basically, the, he had a comment on Edvinson, which I think is pertinent, probably the most pertinent thing he said. Uh, and then we'll move on to talking about the Jake Sanderson extension. But first, let's got to talk to you guys today about FanDuel. Football season is about to kick off. By the time you're listening to this, has kicked off. And FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. So if you're picking the Lions to win the Super Bowl, you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can use bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Segment two, Locked On Red Wings podcast. Scotty and I are talking about Eiserman's comments. Um, he was asked about Simon Edvinson and where he was progressing. He said that Ed- Edvinson is, has stayed in North America, is skating, is progressing on track, will not be ready for training camp, but could be ready by the start of the season. And, you know, I don't want to look too far into that comment because my, when he, when, the way he said it, and you guys would have to go back and listen to it for exactly how he said it, but the way he said it made me think like, He'll be ready for the start of the season with the Red Wings. And I like, and I was like, wait a second. No, there's no way that's possible. But it is good to hear that Edvinson is on track and should be ready, kind of like Andrew Kopp was last year to start playing once the season starts, more than likely, like 99% chance with Grand Rapids. 
the, yeah, I, I just, I don't see, there's so many reasons as to why it's not going to be in Detroit. One is just like we have seven NHL defensemen at the moment. But um, even on top of that, like you, you bring up Cop, you know, Cop was ready and then like struggled at the beginning. They're not going to want Edvinson to come back from injury and immediately just be in the NHL if he has the ability to kind of ease his way back into it in Grand Rapids and then just straight up, you know, even at his best, is he ready to be one of those seven NHL defensemen more so than the seven that we currently have on the roster? So, yeah, there's, there's a lot of factors as to why I, I'm i pretty much certain it's it's in GR. But, I mean, that's good to hear. And, and you know, the more playing time he gets down in Grand Rapids, the better, right? The sooner that he is back to 100% and lighting up that league, the better. Um, I want to have a difficult conversation about that at some point. Like yes. I, I want to be in a position where you and I have to like get in an argument in like November or December about like, is Simon Edvinson ready to be at the NHL level? Like I, I want him to force the fan base's hand, the, the, the front office's hand, the team's hand. Like I, I, I want, you know, like, Petrie and Mata to like start sweating and like realize that he's like right, you know, behind them. Like I, I, that is, I want that to happen as soon as possible. And so that starts obviously with him being healthy as soon as possible. So yeah, no training camp, but because it's in GR anyway, I'm pretty comfortable with him. You know, if he's ready within the first couple of games of the season there, I think that's a good sign. Yeah. I mean, I completely agree with you. I don't feel the need to kind of like be the dead horse. Just I'm glad that he's on track to be ready for the start of the season. And, you know, I hope that uh, he proves himself worthy of the NHL level sooner rather than later. Right. So there it is. Um, Scotty, let's move on now. Jake Sanderson of the Ottawa Senators signed a shiny new contract that is set to start at the expiration of his current deal, which will be at the end of this year. Uh, it is eight years, $8.05 million per year. Um, and the reason why this is important is because he has quite literally one year at the NHL level. Uh, he played 77 games with the Senators last year and registered 32 points, four goals, 28 assists. And he is a left-side defenseman, 21 years old. That is a very similar situation to a young Moritz Sider, as in this, you know, with the exception of Moritz Sider playing on the right side. We've had this conversation several times. Every time a young guy signs a new contract, it was Tim Stutzla last year. And then, you know, then Josh Norris signed and Ottawa and Pierre Dorian are very aggressive with their young players in that, you know, they gamble on them early, send them to long-term extensions early in the hope that after their breakout rookie seasons, they continue to be just as dominant as they were because if they are, that contract will become a steal by the second half of that deal with the cap going up that money. They're paying these guys who they hope are going to develop into superstars is going to be an absolute highway robbery. And so we have this conversation every time one of these guys, not just Ottawa senators, but they're Pierre Dorian's one who does it constantly is, is should the Red Wings follow suit, you know, Moritz Sider and Lucas Raymond are both entering the final year of their entry level contracts. Granted, they're both going to be RFAs. So the Red Wings still hold, a lot of the, you know, a lot of the cards, a lot of the power over both of these guys. But should the Red Wings sign these guys to long-term extensions? That's that's the question. Like, would it be smart? Do we believe that Raymond Insider 
are so for real that they should earn eight-year deals now because then that'll give us cap. Assuming they pan out, that'll give us cap relief you know, in four years and the Red Wings roster is presumably much better. Right. Yeah. I, I think it's interesting. Cause like, this is kind of a pattern throughout all of Detroit sports at the moment. Um, you know, like the, the Pistons are, are an interesting spot. Like their players are either really, really young or like, you know, like Cade got hurt last year and football is just kind of a different sport in general. You don't really lock up people long-term because it's such a physical sport and injuries happen, but like, I, you know, obviously I, I do this and then I, I host the, the Tigers show as well. And this is almost copy and paste something that I get asked almost every single day about like green, green specifically, but like green Torgelson Carpenter, whatever, like, why are we not extending them? And in hockey and, and baseball, it's just so weird because there is, uh, you know, like hockey, you have RFA and arbitration and baseball, you have, you know, like six years of service before you can be a free agent and arbitration and whatnot. And so. It's not a a need to keep them on the roster. It is, to your point, the reason you do it is so that after their RFA or arbitration years are over with, then you're getting them on a discount for you when you overpay them in the first few years. Now, the overpay them is also somewhat of a loose turn. You're overpaying them for what they would be given, not necessarily for their value on the ice, which is, again, another reason why teams do it. You, you can give, you know, uh, some of these guys eight by eight and or seven by eight or whatever it ends up being. And, you know, they, they play at a high enough level where that's worth it as far as their production goes. So it's, it's interesting that that's kind of like a lot of other teams are starting to do this. And like the Detroit group is like, oh, we're a little hesitant on it. And um, I, I would say as far as the wings go, I would be 100% confident and fine doing it with Cider, and I would actually not do it with Lucas Raymond. Um, and a little bit of a, a, you know, like I said, like risk-reward with Lucas Raymond where, um, like, Cider we're confident in, we're confident in going forward. Raymond, like, because the second year wasn't quite what we expected the first year, and because there is still arguments about what his ceiling is like there, I mean, there's still debate between the, the fan base about like how, what, what is Lucas Raymond's peak? What is his future role on this team? I, I think the risk reward comes from if you are a very, very big Lucas Raymond fan, if you are super confident in Raymond hitting his ceiling and hitting his stride, you know, third year, he takes a big step forward. Then you would want to sign him now because his value will be at its lowest right now. But that comes with the risk of if he never ends up really taking that big step forward and becoming what people thought he was going to be in his rookie year or what people still think he's going to be, then you're you know locked in a contract where you're going to be paying him more than you could have or just straight up more than he's worth for however many years you end up doing it. So And you know then you don't and you hold out and he does really well his third year this upcoming season, then you're in a position where his value is going to go up. And you you know what I mean? You're going to have to pay him more than you would have if you signed him before this year. So it, it's definitely, uh, there's a lot of, of risk reward, you know, weighing the, the good and the bad with this whole situation. But I, I would, I would sign Cider to an eight year deal tomorrow. Like I, I wouldn't even feel bad about it. I, I would borderline blank check him and just be like, Phil, you know, whatever you want, dude. Like, I, I just want to make sure you're on the wings blue line for the next decade. But, um, Raymond, I would probably hold out on. Yeah, I mean, 
I am with you 100% of the way. And the reason I agree is because, you know, Cider had a slow start to the season, but bounced back phenomenally in the second half and kind of proved himself. Um, whereas Raymond kind of struggled with inconsistency the entire offseason. And so you kind of need another prove it year from him if you're going to give him that kind of payday. Uh, we're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to finish up my thoughts on, on, on this situation and kind of where I'm coming at it from and where I think Eisman would come at it from too. Uh, so stay tuned to Locked On Red Wings. Segment three, Locked On Red Wings podcast. We're talking about the, again, the possibility of extending Raymond and Cider after um, Jake Sanderson signed an eight-year extension with the Ottawa Senators and another young stud defenseman um, getting his payday early. So I think that, I agree with you. I think that Cider is if anyone out of both those guys is the only one right now who could sniff an eight year contract extension. And I say that because we know already Steve Eisman kind of has gone on the record and been like, I don't like giving out eight year deals. The only reason he gave Larkin an eight year deal is because he was the captain. He was the centerpiece of the roster that he wants to build around. You know, this is the guy he wants to be here. Like he is the window. Like Dylan Larkin is basically your championship window. If you don't win a cup in the eight years, he is here. Then you're not winning a cup. Um, and obviously, like big roster shakeups can happen, and you could trade him and get some phenomenal guys back, like what the Sabres did in trading Eichel away and, you know, getting phenomenal guys back. And then the breakout season that Tage Thompson had after he got acquired for O'Reilly, like things can happen and you, you never know. But the idea as of right now is your window is Dylan Larkin. So the only reason he gave Larkin that long ass contract is because that's the guy you want to be here for eight whole years. I think Cider is in that category, but because Steve Eiserman is kind of so hesitant to give out these long-term contracts, I see the possibility of him getting it at the end of his entry-level contract, but I could also foresee a bridge deal taking him like a, like a three or four year deal, taking him to the next contract where you're, you will inevitably have to pay him more. But at that point you have other guys coming off the books. We talk about that rolling salary cap a lot, right? Where the next two years, I feel like you're pretty locked up pretty good. But after that money starts coming off the books in time for you to give guys that need contract extensions, contracts extensions, if they need them. So I could also see that because Eiserman is so hesitant to give out those long-term deals. But if he was going to give it to anyone, it would be Cider. Raymond, I, I don't think would, unless, again, because Eiserman is so hesitant to give out those long-term deals, I don't see it. But unless Raymond has like an 80-point season, you know, I, I don't see him getting it. I, I think Eiserman is going to be definitely looking to give him like a two- or three-year bridge deal to continue to grow into that, but I definitely foresee before, you know, they hit that UFA period, which is in several years away, them getting locked up long-term, especially cider. So I do think cider has that potential to be elite level. I mean, cider in his first two years outproduced Jake Sanderson and Jake Sanderson got this eight year deal. Not, not to say that because Pierre Dorian gave Sanderson an eight year deal. Right. Eiserman has to give then cider an eight year deal, but this is a trend that we are seeing and cider. I, I think is a better defenseman than Sanderson, not taking anything away from Sanderson. I think Sanderson is a phenomenal def The defensive defenseman game is kind of going away. He still had like 30 ish points last year and that's still good, but he definitely leans more defensive. Whereas Moritz Sider is a little bit more two way in the back end, which is more modern era defenseman. And I just, I look at these two side by side. I'm like Sider 
I think is the better defenseman of the two. So when it comes to his time to be getting a contract extension, you know, Claude Lemieux is going to be rubbing his hands together going, all right, well, this is what, this is what a comparable contract looks like. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and I think, I think your point on Raymond is sound as well, where it's, it's very much like he would have to have a phenomenal year this year. Like he, he would really have to, he would have to have a career year. He would have to have the best, like comfortably the best year of his, his, you know, after this season will be three year career uh, for him to be like more in that conversation. Um, whereas cider, I like, even with the slow start last year, like they, they just took Ben Sherratt off his pair and then he was fine again. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like it, it That's wasn't like cool. there was something like wrong with cider's game or like, Oh, you know, like he just, uh, like he's really struggling at this aspect and like, oh, they like we, we they found a hole in, in his game or a weakness. Like, no, they just, you know, took took Ben Sherrod all off the top pair and, and he was fine again. So um, I, I think that. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I feel like I'm just going to start circling the wagons here and just start saying the same thing over and over again. But, yeah, I, I think Cider definitely has more of an opportunity and more of a chance to, I guess I should say to get that long-term deal. Um, I wouldn't expect either anytime like super soon again, just because of like the way Iserman is, but I, I, it wouldn't shock me if, if cider got a long-term deal after this year, I think three years is enough of a sample size where if he's really good and proves that he's going to be your best defenseman for the next decade, um, that you feel pretty good about giving him that with a three-year sample size. Whereas Raymond. Yeah. I, I think Raymond's, Red Wings tenure is probably going to be filled with with three to five year deals. Yeah, up until he proves that he needs that eight year deal. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm with you. Just put the nail in the coffin. I could see it with cider, but with Raymond, I think it's going to be a few bridge deals right there. Yeah. Um. All right. So technically, we could end the show now, but have we like we very rarely have episodes that go under thirty minutes, uh, <laughs> with the exception of I think Wednesday we were at like twenty eight. Let's Scotty, how do you feel about the Detroit Lions? Uh, do you do you think do you think this is the year? Oh man. I, just, I hate that question so much. I've been hurt so many times. We all have, man. We we've all been we've all been scarred. We've all been uh, you know, trained pretty much not to trust, just conditioned not to trust this team. Um, I will say that this year does like I think pretty objectively feel different. Um, and, and that doesn't mean that I'm guaranteeing success or anything, but I think the the people in charge and, and the powers up top are, are certainly different than anything I've felt in my lifetime. Um, so we'll see. It, it's the first time in my entire life that I was born in the late 90s. It's the first time in my entire life that – we have gone into a season and the expectation is for the Red Wing for the Red Wings for the Lions to win their division as the first time that has ever been like a preseason expectation in my entire life. So mm-hmm. um, terrified is really the word. Pretty, pretty effing terrified. Uh, I'm, I'm very scared <laughs> <laughs> because I've been hurt so many times from this team, but uh, I'm very excited in the same breath. It's I'd much rather be scared about you know, flopping on our face and and not living up to expectations than just have the SOL expectations of, you know, they're going to win two to four games this year. So Yeah, I mean, I I think 
up and down the roster, the best team in, in the NFC North. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, anything can happen week in and week out. We've seen that. Um, I don't think, I think the bears might be your biggest threat. Um, cause I don't think Minnesota's for real and green Bay. See, I, I think the Packers are still better than the, you bears, think they're sneaky. But... You think they're sneaky. Good. Yeah. I just, I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's more of just like a, fear of the Packers thing too like even without Rodgers like it's still I don't know so the Packers they've they've absolutely dominated us for for my whole life so I don't know maybe maybe it's more to do with that but they play each other week one so that'll be kind of kind of interesting um do you think Spenny T is going to hit that 30 home run marker uh no I think he probably ends around like 28 but 28 is the most that any Tiger has hit uh in I think since Miguel Cabrera's last 30 home run season, which was 2014, either 2014 or 16, because 15 was the injury year. So, I mean, I'll still take 28. I mean, that you know, that's where I think he'll he'll probably end up. And yeah, like I said, that's that's the highest. Uh, I think I think it was Justin Upton. Yeah, had a 28 home run season in uh, in 2016, maybe 2017, something like that. So it's been a while since we've had anyone even do that. And it's his, you know, second season. Uh, he started off really team. slow. Like, imagine if he was this good the entire season. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, uh, agreed. He, I mean, he's still got a lot of, of work to do. Like, he, he still has a lot of a lot of holes and a lot of stuff that he, he's got to fix. But I think if we look at the end of the season and we go, this dude had an OPS over league average. He almost, you know, he flirted with 30 homers on his second full season. I think that that's, that's a, a buildable, like a season to build off of. I think that that's something that uh, people can kind of get behind and be a little bit more optimistic about the future than, you know, a lot of people were after his rookie season, which was a disaster. So. Yeah. You got any questions for me? Um, well, I'm glad you answered the lions one. Cause I didn't want to know your opinion on that. Um, how do you feel about the Legend of Zelda game you played all day on Labor Day? <laughs> it's great. Um, it's honestly, I think it is better than Breath of the Wild. I, I like the abilities in the new one For much sure, better. I know that. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, I've been enjoying it. I've I've beaten one of the four. There's like four regions you have to explore before you can like move on. Um, I've beat the region that had like the giant ice centipede with the flying bird people this is really the ritos i believe they are called i've i've yeah. seen breath of the wild was the first legend of zelda game i actually ever played um so i know for very sure. little about the lore um but i remember enjoying the first one so i'm playing the sequel tears of the kingdom and it's been great awesome i knew all those words i'm, I'm right there with you <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so all right scotty I guess we'll roll on into the weekend then. I guess, yeah. I don't think there's really anything else. A nice low-key Friday episode before it all starts next week. Prospect know, starts next Thursday. Um, well, that yeah, really from then on out. I mean, we're 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 guns blazing, man. Because like you like prospect tourney starts next weekend, and then like you know mini camp and training camp, and then preseason, and like for really that's kind of like the the start of the. The, the symbol for the start of the season there is kind of the prospects turn. Yeah, and we go into five episodes a week, not next week, but the week after. So we have one more week of three, and then you guys get us 
five days a week. So we're praying for five. Baby. We're praying for big news out of these prospect tournaments and whatnot. <laughs> so, yes, but you, we will deliver you guys content nonetheless. So stay tuned for that. Scotty, final thoughts. We ball, baby. We ball. We'll be back with a new episode on. Well, I don't know. We'll find out. I'm out of town this weekend. You'll get three episodes next week, regardless. Yeah, same time, yeah, figure it out. same place to your team every day, every day. Every day.